The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Certainly, anytime you don't have your guys, that's that is a competitive disadvantage. But uh, as far as you know, listen, everybody's got choices in this in this world, and um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit there and criticize people for doing what they believe is right. We're not a better team without them, that's for sure. We got to get ready for our bag of tricks too. You know, we got plenty of things in the offense. We worked through a heavier plan last week, knowing that we're playing two games in five days. We'll know more this afternoon, and. and um, been on game day, obviously, some of those guys would be a game day decision. Um, but yeah, if, if Max weren't able to go, Sean Harlow would be the uh, the center. Yeah, I feel like how you practice, how you play, and, and that's just you know what I kind of go by. Some of the folks who will be working tonight, a few days earlier than most of the rest of the league, because it's short week Thursday night football, week eight. A great game. One of those games where when the schedule came out, you just kind of look at it and say, yeah, okay. Packers-Cardinals, okay. Now, How dare you disrespect damn good your game. good friend, Kyler Murray? I mean, that's just what you thought of it? Well, it's your guy. Come on. It's your fa- second favorite think... player other than Kirk Cousins. Come on. <laughs> What's up? Done? How are you? I'm done. Are you done? Good morning, though. Somebody's somebody's feeling a little frisky since it's Friday. Friday. I got a case of the Fridays. <laughs> no doubt. You need to look at the... At the GIF I tweeted to promote today's show just before we came on the air, you'll appreciate the message and and the little video clip that's there. Do that during a break or while I'm talking. If you multitask as you take a sip from your mug, and I'm reminded of the person who complained that you sip oh, from wait. your mug too often. So sip from your mug all day long. Wait, wait. What was? Well, let's let's just dive into that one second before we dive into the game a little bit. Did someone tweeted at you last week that they wanted to stop watching the show because I drank the co- my coffee mug too much? Is that what what went down there? No, it was an email. It was an somebody email. sent me an email said. They are no longer watching the show because you drink from your mug too often. Wow, that's that that's, was the yeah. that was the complaint. Wow, of a, all the complaints, of all the ones, right? That's yeah. the one they went with. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they're walking out. 
They're walking They're no out. no longer part of the show. I can't watch them drink coffee anymore. You drink too much. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Pro Football Talk Live on Peacock, NBCSN, Re-Air, podcasts, wherever podcasts are available, Sirius XM. I still think it's 211, but I don't know. If you're listening to it, you know. Sky Sports, hello to our friends in the UK and in Ireland who enjoy us there. By the time they see the show, the game will be getting clear. It won't have started yet. I don't know what time they play us on Thursday. I hope we don't overlap with the game on Thursdays, because why would they watch us? I never well, thought of that. I hope not. Oh, I thought we thought you were seven no, there. No. We're the pregame show for the it's game there. That's what seven you there. Be. Right. Wait a minute. Seven. That's in the afternoon here. So we're on. Never. Never mind. Never mind. Because it's not eight o'clock there. It's like one in the morning there. Time zones mess me up anyway. Yeah. Apparently. When we talk about <laughs> intercontinental time zones, it's even worse. So right. so eight. They don't get the game at eight p.m. like we do. They yeah. get it at one a.m. Right. And let me tell you, I respect the folks there that I hear from who stay up. Yeah. To watch games that begin at one twenty a.m. Local time. I'm relieved now. They do get to see the show. So none of this is is stale or old, although it could be superseded by events that happen over the next several hours. It's not going to be superseded by the game. Anyway, now that we have figured out or reminded myself of the fact that they're five hours ahead and aren't going to get to see the game uh, at the same time we do, let's get to the game tonight between the Cardinals and the Packers, Chris. And this was a surprise. It came out of the blue last night. And you never know where the next big story is going to come from. J.J. Watt, the shoulder injury that was on the report this week. And we were waiting for the final designation on the Wednesday injury report. Is he going to be questionable? What's going to happen? He's ruled out. Oh, wow. J.J. Watt missing a game. Because, you know, he's got seven seasons where he didn't miss a game. Yeah, People think of him as somebody who's always injured. Seven full seasons he started every game when he was in Houston. But when he gets injured, he doesn't mess around. It's not its not something nagging. It's something that knocks him out for an extended stretch. So this shoulder injury that he suffered reportedly will need surgery, likely season-ending. Although with wow. him, I don't count him out. Remember he had that one, I think it was like the tibial plateau yeah, fracture crazy, and he came right. back and played yeah. later in the year. So I, if they play deep into January and or February, I'm not going to – to be surprised if the guy comes back. No, me neither. You're right about that. I mean, he's he's that kind of got that psycho work ethic that, you know, we, we talk about with like Russell Wilson or and he always keeps himself in great shape training. So that does always give you the benefit of coming back from, you know, any type of injury. The the base foundation that you have left off, uh, he's uh, he's a true pro that way. It's just a shame. It really is. I mean, you know, again, he's a guy that's, yeah, he had some success down there in Houston when he was a defensive MVP, and the team was pretty good early on in his career. Uh, but it, it's been a while, you know, since he's been on a, a – I don't know if he's ever really been on a real contender like this where you go, no, this is legit Super Bowl team right here. You know, I, I don't think we ever looked at some of those Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson like that. We kind of just went, eh, they're good. They're playoffs with Super Bowl. I don't know about that. So that's where I feel for a guy like that who puts his, you know, blood and sweat into it all the time. And then, man, Mike, I mean, you know, for, for all the injuries he's been through and the, the age he's at, I mean, he still pops a lot. I mean, he played good last week. He was disruptive. Uh, he, he shows up every week on film. So, that's where, hey, not I, not only do I feel bad for him, I feel bad for the Cardinals. He really fits in how they want to play because he's versatile. They like to do a lot of crazy things up front, and uh, they'll miss him for sure. There's no doubt about that. 
Didn't have a lot of statistical impact, right. just one sack, but defensive right. players have impact in other ways That's that may right. not show up on the stat sheet. They do get back Chandler Jones tonight, who missed a couple of games due to COVID. I think he missed the most recent game against the Texans. He did. Because he yeah. lost a bunch of weight, and he had to get back. And and uh, he, he so he wasn't re- – even though he could have played, he wasn't ready to play because of the weight he lost after his bout with COVID. Speaking of COVID, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers when they have Man. the football because Aaron Rodgers won't have Devontae Adams, and he won't have Alan Lazard. And you may have noticed the clip of Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach, talking about guys making personal choices and, you know, some of the the talking points that we heard back during training camp and preseason when some teams were going through this issue of having unvaccinated players. But this is what happens yeah. if you're not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated and you are a close contact with someone who tests positive, you're out for five days. If you're vaccinated and you're a close contact with someone who tests positive, you're not out five days. You're not out one day. You're not out five minutes. Right. And 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 this is where that that quote that Michael Irvin had at one point in the run up to the season where it's a competitive advantage. And if you really want to win, you get vaccinated. What are you waiting for? Why don't you do it? Millions are doing it. Go do it. Because if you don't do it, you're hurting your team. And right. it just shows you how strongly people feel. That's where I ultimately got to, Chris. It shows you how strongly the people who don't want to get vaccinated feel about it if they are willing to undermine their ability to play football and also undermine the interest of their team to try to win games. Alan Lazard would have been the top option tonight. No doubt about the Green it. Bay Packers. Yeah. He's missing an opportunity to play in prime time and I don't know if he had some epiphany. He's like, wow, I better get vaccinated now. Or if he's just sitting there somewhere thinking, I don't care. I knew that this was a risk when I said I wasn't getting vaccinated. Yeah, well, I don't know. If he doesn't care, I mean, his checkbook's going to care at some point. I mean, it is. I mean, you, you know, you explained it right. First off, they've been so Devontae Adams heavy throughout the whole season. Last week was the first time, you know, he didn't dominate the stat line for their offense. And Alan Lazard... Yeah, kind of got into a groove to what we saw, you know, a little bit at the end of last year and and and, and things like that where uh, he was a part of the offense. Uh, he's, he's big. He can run pretty well. He's pretty dependable going over the middle. He's a one-on-one kind of mismatch on the outside because of his size. So to not have Devontae Adams, we know that's horrible, but then... No Alan Lazard on top of that. Yeah, I mean, the options are, are getting thin there as far as, you know, guys you're going to trust in one-on-one matchups and key situations against one of the better defenses in football, one of the defenses that's more creative and complicated, one of the top ones in that category as, as well. So, hey, it stinks for him personally. It stinks for the Packers. It stinks for all of us because it does take away from the game. You know, you want to see these teams at their best, and uh, we're not going to see Green Bay quite at their best tonight. That's for sure. He does get paid, even though he's on COVID-19 reserve, but right. where it affects him financially is this was an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was himself. going to. Right, and right. I want to make sure people understand yeah, that. good, good. This Thanks. is your chance right. to step up. Right. And especially if Devontae Adams is going to leave via free agency after the season in search of the payday that the Packers have yet to give him. Right. They got to turn to somebody else. And this was a chance. And Alan Lazard was going to be, I think, and I still think will be a restricted free agent after restricted. the season. Okay, right. And then he's got one more year after that before unrestricted free agency. But, but this hurts him financially. And again, I don't know whether he is sitting there saying, I don't care, I knew the risk and I accepted it, or whether he's having one of those moments where he's saying, oh, crap. 
I had no idea that it could end this way, but I doubt that it's the latter because people were working on these players to get vaccinated, making them understand not just the science of it and the benefit of it to themselves, their family, and their community, but also their football benefit to it. But it just shows you how dug in. It's counter to everything we've ever believed about football, where you do what your team wants you to do. You do what your coach wants you to do. And the fact that Matt LaFleur takes a a hands-off approach to it just shows that he knows that he's going to do more harm than good to the team by pushing the guys who aren't vaccinated because they're hell-bent on not getting vaccinated and you're just going to undermine your relationship with them and you're standing in the locker room if you push those guys too hard. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. A coach has got to walk a fine line when it comes to that conversation. You know, I think a coach early in a lot of those times, yeah, you inform, you try to encourage a little bit, but, you know, you don't want to be like the evil dictator that's like, eh, get vaccinated or else. Yeah, that's going to make guys in the locker room resent you. Even some of the guys that are vaccinated and are, are believing the message. What you hope to do is inform, encourage, and then hope the locker room kind of takes over and he feels the pressure within the locker room and the players and, and you know, the wide receiver room who might push him down that road a little bit more. That's what you hope for as a, as a coach. But I think all coaches have kind of taken that approach because, yeah, to, to, to your point, they don't want to – you know, disrupt players, make them mad, seem like they're trying to control their lives. I mean, these are grown men. We know that, even though a lot of them are young men. Uh, and, and it is a, 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 a tough thing for head coaches because I'm sure they want to pull their hair out and be a little bit dictatorish when it comes to this thing. But um, we know it's, it's, it's easier or harder said than done, that's for sure. I had a thought. Yeah. And for fear of... Irking, angering, frustrating Aaron Rodgers. I do have to say this because we say the things that other people think. Why hasn't Aaron Rodgers talked the guy into doing it? Why hasn't his, you know, what? where's he on this? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I suspect Tom Brady twisted a few arms to help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get to 100% vaccination right. or injected a few needles into arms himself. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like the parent is like, just shut up, come over here, sit down, you're getting your vaccine. I could see Tom Brady being very forceful about it because he understands that it helps the team. He's not going to want to lose Chris Godwin on a, you know, a day before a big game against the the Saints or anybody else. So, you know, if the, and I'm just throwing out Chris Godwin's name, but let's yeah, just say you. there's a key receiver you. on that team who was, right. who was unvaccinated. Brady goes to him and says, get it done. I just, I'd love to know. What if any conversations were had between the leader of the team, the real leader of the team, Aaron Rodgers, and his receivers to get them vaccinated, especially Alan Lazard, knowing how important he is to the team in the event that one of the guys tests positive? I'm just curious about that. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not passing judgment on yeah, Aaron Rodgers right. for failing to do it. Right. All I'm saying is T Tom Brady, uh, you know, and we don't know the backstory, but, you know, it's entirely possible he was directly involved in getting some guys who were reluctant to go ahead and get vaccinated. Well, yeah, I, I mean, listen, he's the general. We know that, certainly. And, and you know, he does seem to be the guy, got, you know, guys are following down. There's a little different culture in Tampa Bay as compared to Green Bay. I mean, Bruce Arians is the kind of guy who can be like, he can kind of talk stern, but not be a dictator. He's kind of got a really magical way that way, I, I, Mike. I mean, I think we both would agree with that, where, you know, he can, he can probably throw out some four-letter words and kind of, saying away, you know, you're stupid if you don't get vaccinated. 
and kind of make the room chuckle, but then be like, no, you're stupid if you don't get vaccinated and like gets the point across. And hey, Tampa seems to be in a mode, you know, ever since the midway point of last year that just it doesn't matter. They feel like they got something special. They're not going to let anything mess it up and they're going to go forward. And that's why they're the champs and, you know, arguably the be- arguably the best team in football right now. You know, I, I, I would think again, you know, Aaron Rodgers nudged people that way, but yeah, again, he's going to walk the fine line a little bit too. You don't want to be that jerk that's forcing people to do things they don't want to do. Um, but stinks nonetheless. Stinks because, man, I mean, hey, the, 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 this is where the game is, is interesting to me. You know, the Packers are good. We know that, right? I mean, they're certainly one of the top teams in football. Now, I, I'm going to be one that's going to tell you just like, I'm not sure how good they are. I'm not. I don't know if like they're necessarily what I look at as the top team in the NFC. You know, the, the Packers, like if I had to boil it down a little bit and what stinks that they're not going to be at, at full speed tonight here and full health is just that, you know, they really rely on execution. You know, they do. They're, they kind of play a style of football right now is where it's like, we're going to execute. We're not going to mess the game up. You'll mess up at one point. We'll get an extra possession and we'll get a field goal or touchdown and then you'll kind of be playing catch up from there that's how they play I mean it's not a top 10 offense anything of of that nature they're not incredibly explosive with big plays and then you know you add on the fact with the defense hey the defense is good I don't know how good though I still got question marks about it you know yeah they execute but you know that they've been fortunate in, in my opinion a little bit not to play a lot of great offenses yet in football. I know they played the 49ers. I don't think we're ready to call them a great offense. And let's not forget, at the end of the first half, all the way into ha- and to the end of the game, Green Bay couldn't stop San Francisco from that point on. They made some stops early on. So that's my like worry for Green Bay tonight. Hey, execution. And they don't good. have Joe Barry tonight. Right. And they don't have Joe Barry so tonight. Ex- the yeah. So execution's great. And against the teams, the middle class and the lower class of football, but now you're playing a team that they execute really well too. Maybe not quite at your level, but they got more talent all over the field. They got superstars all over the field in Arizona. Everybody's going to know these guys' names starting tonight because of the national TV game. And by the end of the season, everyone's going to go, damn, Buda Baker. Damn, Byron Murphy. Damn, Chandler Jones. Damn, Isaiah Simmons. Whoa, Zaven Collins. Who's this rookie Marco Wilson at corner? You know, who's this 34 Thompson that's flying around? And I didn't even get to the offense yet. I mean, that's where... We will. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying here. That's where it's just... uh, I think Green Bay's undermatched as is going into this game. And now they don't have some players to go along with it. And uh, that's going to make things tough. The receivers they do have tonight, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Equinemius St. Brown, Malik Taylor, and there's hope that Marquez Valdez-Scantling will be available they to return yeah. from injury. He's right. made the trip. We'll see if he can be activated and play. He spent some time on injured reserve. They have Aaron Jones as well, who can do a lot in the passing no game. Doubt. And no doubt. Aaron Rodgers relies on Robert Tunyon, or the guy he calls Bobby from time to time. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, and, and it's it's still Aaron Rodgers. We showed the graphic yesterday. They're 6-0 and without Devontae Adams. Yeah. So they find ways to win these games. And 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 the, the notion, I think, is very legitimate. And Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator made this point. You take out Devontae Adams, it's a tougher offense to figure out uh-huh, because uh-huh. 
you 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 have to cover the other people because you know the ball's not constantly going to one guy. I, that, that is the advantage Green Bay has. I, I'm sure Vance Joseph would rather be like a, a little bit like, man, Devontae Adams is really good, but I got a little bit better tells on what they're going to do in situations because you know they're going to feature him so aggressively in everything they do. Yeah, so that is the one thing that plays in Green Bay's advantage is that they're going to have to go to parts of the playbook that they haven't had to go to all year long. And now Arizona is going to go, damn, I don't know what they're about to do to us. You know, hey, when it gets down to this, like we saw a little last year, they got into play action passes a little bit more, the boot game, the tight ends came into play a little bit more. And, you know, you described it yesterday with Alan Lazard, I think, in the Saints game. He, that's where he popped without Devontae Adams. Well, hopefully Valdez Scantling can be that guy because, you know, with the group they have out there tonight, if they don't have Valdez Scantling, I just don't know who who's scare who's gonna scare you. Who's gonna back Arizona off? Arizona's aggressive and kind of crazy on defense. If you don't back them off a little bit, you you could be in a, in for a tough day. And that's where yeah they got an advantage a little bit because you don't know how they're gonna attack, but uh, they still don't have you know weapons that scare you. And Valdez Scantling can at least uh, supply that a little bit if he's healthy and ready to go. I had a, a theory slash hypothesis. I'm never quite sure when the hypothesis becomes a theory. I guess it's more of a hypothesis yesterday on PFTPM that <laughs> the ball goes to Devontae Adams so much because even if he's not open, Aaron Rodgers is so damn accurate, he can get it to the one spot where he can make the catch sure. even if he's otherwise covered. And that may be why it skews toward him because he trusts him more to make the catch and he's going to deliver the ball so damn accurately, it doesn't matter if he is covered. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you see merit to that? And does that give you hope that he can deliver the ball to these other guys who may otherwise be covered? The question is, can they catch it when it comes in through that little pinhole of an opening <laughs> where they've got to you know, get their hands on the ball and secure it against their body and hang on because they're probably going to take a hit not long after the ball gets there. I, I, I trust, you know, Randall Cobb for that, for that matter, you know, but uh, after that, that's where I get into, I'm not sure, you know, Equinemia St. Brown, you know, uh, no, it's not proven enough for me to sit here and go, oh yeah. I mean, you know, he's got a little talent and size, but He's been very inconsistent in his, you know, short career there in Green Bay. Um, Valdez Scantling's a guy that kind of, you know, for that lack of a better way, takes the top off the defense is more of a speed guy. He's not necessarily the guy that's going to work the middle of the field and do that element of the offense. So th th I think, Mike, I, think, I mean, that's the big question. That is. I mean, you're right about the Devontae Adams thing. Let me just tell you that. Not only do they call the plays that makes him the first read in the offense to where, like, oh, we've got this guy going this way, this guy going that way, just to get Devontae Adams in the middle of all of it so he can be open and Rodgers can throw it to it. But, you know, to your point, when nobody is open or everything is equal, he just goes to Devontae Adams because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers, and he just goes – he just goes, oh, it doesn't matter. It's good coverage, but I'll put it in the spot. It doesn't matter who's covering him. Uh, I'm, we're going to make it happen. And that's where that connection's special. And Devontae Adams got great hands that way. But, hey, that's, that's, that's going to be the million-dollar question tonight. Is this going to be Robert Tunyon finally getting back in the mix here, like legitimately, like we saw last year? Um, 
Uh, I'll be interested to see what they do and where they go on the offensive side of the ball, that's for sure, because I, I think a lot of this Arizona defense, it's talented and creative, and I like, you know, they force the issue. They really do. Let's flip it over to when Arizona has the ball. An MVP favorite right now, Kyler Murray, who got banged up a little bit against the Texans, but came back, was good to go, and and they they still somehow covered the 18-point spread last week, even though it felt like they were running in mud early in the game. It's I think that says more about the Texans than it does about the Cardinals, frankly. DeAndre Hopkins may not be available. The star receiver has a hamstring injury. He battled through some rib issues earlier this year. Yeah. Questionable with the hamstring. Um, and, and obviously that's going to make a difference in what the Cardinals can do if he is or isn't there. But what do you think the Packers will be able to do to slow down Kyler Murray, who we see using that selective take off and run he knows when he can get away with it he knows how many yards he can gain he knows if he has a path to the end zone he's not overdoing it that's right but but it's there yeah and you have to be worried about it happening no doubt it's there you know their offense is good it has a little bit of everything to offer the things that I've complained about in the past with Cliff Kingsbury about you know the air raids a little too predictable I can't say that anymore they 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 change formations and personnels a lot you know, and, and they make you defend a, a lot of different things now as compared to years past. And that's where they're different, let alone like you're explaining, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't plan for, you know, the roadrunner here when he starts running around as beep beep. And he's like, oh, I'm going this way, beep beep. No, I'm going that way. I mean, it's unbelievable his acceleration as we see right there. And again, this is where I get back into like, hey, I know Green Bay's defense is good. There is no Jair, Jair Alexander. That that hurts them big time in a matchup like tonight. I don't care. No DeAndre Hopkins or not. You know, that doesn't have the effect on Arizona as it does. It's like Devontae Adams missing for Green Bay because they got three or four other weapons on offense that are like top end weapons. So they'll be able to survive without it. But yeah, this to me is a big test for Green Bay and their, and their defense on this side of the ball. Because like I, I said to you, you know, hey, I, I know they beat the Bengals. It's a good offense, you know, who's starting to really find its way. I don't think they were great when they played them quite yet, but certainly in that going in that direction. But this is a different animal here. They can run the ball. They can throw it deep. They can throw wide receiver screens. And then you're what you're talking about with Murray running around. And, hey, Green Bay couldn't stop Washington last week. Washington didn't punt the whole game. Not one time. And Taylor Heineke ran all over them. So that that's where I, I got to see it a little bit tonight with Green Bay. And I'm interested to see that plan of attack because, yeah, clearly I'm stating that I think the Arizona offense has the advantage here. You know, I'm kind of surprised Roadrunner has never become a nickname for Kyler Murray. It's so perfect. They're in Arizona. They're in the desert. Thank you. It really is Thank perfect, you. right? I'll take it, yeah. And, I, the hockey I and the hockey team there is called the Coyotes. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> right. uh, it's just absolutely perfect. You know the problem? You know the problem? Nobody under the age of 30 knows. <laughs> you're right. Do, That's do the problem. Do people know who the Roadrunner I, is? Do people no, know? No, you're Isn't right. Isn't it sad yeah. to think? Yeah, I had to it's show my sad. kids the Roadrunner. You know, you're right. It was, it's not on TV anymore, really. I had to like, when when my kids were younger, I would pull it up, you know, on the computer and be like, hey, you know, sit here and watch it on the big computer and watch cartoons. And they know it, but you're right. I don't think most kids know the Roadrunner anymore. You're, you're 100% on that. I say Damn, this fully assuming the risk that they're going to start playing the ragtime piano 
but yeah, and just may well may as well go ahead and do it as the background music for this. <laughs> One of the great no, no, you have to start off. You have to go back in my day. You got to start it off like back that. Back in my day. <laughs> back in my day, when when they would have a movie that because the progression was it was in the theater. And then after a year or two, it would be in prime time on one of the three networks. Right. There was no DVD. There were no VCRs. There was no way to watch a movie. It was before HBO. It was before Showtime. It went from the theater two years later to prime time, NBC, CBS, etc. And then you would see it in syndication. And it'd be on like at four in the afternoon somewhere. And if it didn't fully fill the window, I'm getting there. Your Honor, I'm, I'm, I'm about to make a point. We got it. Don't if it worry. didn't fully fill the window, there'd be like 10 minutes left over, and they'd jam in a Bugs Bunny cartoon oh, gotcha. or a Daffy Duck cartoon. Yeah. And that was the greatest thrill. When you saw that Warner Brothers thing, that and it came out like that, I'm telling you. The yeah. dopamine rush. Right. We didn't have we didn't have the phones. We didn't have any other way to get excited when we were kids. That was a major excitement when you had that extra ten minutes and they crammed in. And sometimes it was the Roadrunner. That's why I thought of that. Uh, it, it, That's well, a really yeah. long fill with that piano. Hey, Kristen's no, back there jamming on the keys. I didn't <laughs> know she could play that she, well. She can play that thing. She's got some sweet fingers for sure. Uh, I mean, you're right. Uh, it's, uh, we're 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 getting old. I mean, hey, it, like why we're just on this story and uh, we'll get back to the game here in a second. But this does have to do with football. You know, Monday night we had big storms here. In, in the Northeast area. And like, you know how on DirecTV, if you get a big storm, they it'll ask you to watch it in low resolution, right? So my little boy's sitting here and we're watching the Manning cast at this point just for a few minutes. And he's like, man, he's like, is this what the TV looked like when you were, when it was your age or when we're not, you know, when you were my age or whatever. And I, you know, yeah, yeah, really, this is kind of what it looked like. You're right, Philip. I was like, it, it's kind of like this. And I was like, and like what you're watching here with like, you know, Manning, Brady, Manning on the side, like that wasn't even possible in our in our era. Like uh, three people's face on the screen with the game going on. I was like, man, we're getting old. Like me and my wife looked at each other because we were just like, <laughs> yeah, back in my day, That's they the couldn't put three time. people on there. <laughs> That's the first time I know. you've ever triggered the piano music. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw HDTV. It was in 2006 at the ESPN Zone in Baltimore. We yeah. went to Annapolis and Baltimore for a few days my wife my son and I and I'm just standing there at that monitor it's like this is amazing like is it's like a fish tank like I can reach in and pick up the rosin <laughs> yeah, bag or something yeah. I mean is it you know um it so, was amazing uh, HD. Anyway. you were like this is amazing and a flat screen tv I gotta get one of those too holy cow now they're These everywhere are amazing. now yeah. they're everywhere right I'm telling you I haven't done the math but between the monitors I have up here what we have down in the barn and what we have out, I think I've got 20 flat screens throughout my house Woo! man the, you're rich you can't hide money well, i got three of no can't i got four it. right here <laughs> this one doesn't work anymore but it's still there no i'm just they're cheap i know they're cheap I know. they're falling from the sky it's amazing how the world has changed all right is there a football game tonight that yeah, we'll be we watching in HD on our flat screens yeah. yes um where do you want to go with this well, I, I just I worry about Joe Barry not being there for the Green Bay Packers, sure. and I wonder how much of an impact that will be. We've seen the the Cardinals thrive for a game without Cliff Kingsbury. We've seen coaches be out and other coaches step in and get it done. But this is it's not like it's a well oiled machine. This is Barry's first year. This is only his eighth game. 
So, you know, it'd be different if Matt LaFleur was out because he's been there three years. Yeah, right. You, you know, you know how the offense goes. The defense, like, you know, ca- can you really trust somebody else to step in and step up when it's still kind of a new thing sure. under Joe Barry? Sure. No, I mean, that, that's that's going to be tough. There, there is. And Joe Barry, who's been around a lot of great NFL defenses and is doing a great job this year, obviously, yeah, I mean, what you what you miss in somebody like that was just, you know, the old pasta and meatballs, the gut feel of like, oh wait, you know what, you know, I wanted to play this defense, but after a drive or two, I don't like it. I got to adjust, and we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go with these defenses instead. It, it's the feel of the game. That would be what I would be worried about if I was on the Green Bay in the Green Bay organization. Just that that aspect of it. Yeah, the the planning, you know, the walkthrough practices they had this week. Yeah, they're not going to miss Joe Barry incredibly much there. I mean, he's he's of course leading the charge there, still at home, and I'm sure on the Zoom Zoom calls and and leading meetings and and everything in that direction. But you know, on the field, it's the adjustments and it's the oh wait, they're attacking us like this. We need to do this now. You know, I don't like what we're doing here, so let's cover for this guy. That that's where they're gonna gonna miss uh, Joe Barry. And then of course, they're playing an offense that it's officially has answers for everything. Like, you know, you talked about it a little earlier where you're just like, Kyler is, you know, he's, he's patient. He's playing with like maturity this year. Not he's better on third down. He's patient when, Oh, the defense is just going to try to play the old thing that everybody's doing to Kansas city. Not let us have a big play. Fine. They've proven that they can go on long drives and bore you to death and just pick you apart and then still go score a touchdown. So that's where it's a different animal tonight. It is. And now Zach Ertz being at a tight end, that gives you another element to think about. They do a lot of different stuff. And you might stop them for two or three series. That's fine. But as we've seen almost in every game, once Arizona gets it going, they explode. It's like a little bit like the Golden State Warriors. It's just like, oh, Steph Curry hit a three. Watch out. Here comes 10 other ones with Klay Thompson and everybody else. And that's what Arizona's capable of, and that's why they're awesome in 7-0. And if the Packers would win this game shorthanded, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Where, does that, where does that put them? I mean, because, look, the Cardinals would fall out of number one. Right. You got the Bucks, Rams, Packers after that. The, the, you know, the, the Bucks, they got the Saints. It's not an easy game, but it's easier than last year with Jameis Winston as the quarterback instead of Drew Brees. I won't be surprised if the Buccaneers win that game. I guess they would move into number one. I got Rams fans upset with me because the Rams beat the Bucs and they both have one loss. Why aren't the Rams higher? But if the Packers would be the ones who beat the Cardinals, something the Rams couldn't do, do the Packers have an argument to be made to jump the Rams or the Bucks, I, I, I in think, our minds, I, is the best team in the NFC. I, I mean, they have an argument, no doubt. I mean, that, you know, well, that'll be what six in a row, seven in a row since that first game of the year where you know they lost and didn't play well. So, I guess it'd be hard to argue that it would. You know, as you could tell, I'm leaning Arizona pretty heavily here. Uh, I, I am, and it would be some accomplishment tonight, certainly. You know, the one thing they've made made me think differently of them as compared to years past is I do think they're a little bit more of a tougher physical football team. That's for sure. But I just don't, I you know, as you could tell from the things I've said, I, I'm just not sure they're as high-end talented as some of the other teams that you just mentioned. Like, you know, the, no, they don't have the talent Tampa Bay has. They don't have the talent Dallas and the Rams have on that side of the ball, and certainly not Arizona. 
You know, that's why I was kind of getting into that execution conversation a little bit. They're really about, like, defense doesn't mess it up. They make you earn it. They're not necessarily going to dominate you. And then the offense is kind of the same way, too. You know, they're just going to pick you apart, take their time, and Rodgers isn't going to take any chances or really do anything until he feels like he has to. And that's where, you know, I, I guess I question them a little bit. Execution's great. I just don't know if it can get you to the Super Bowl. I don't. You know, at some point, players got to make some plays and, and it's got to be some sort of element that helps the coaching staff out with the schematics. They're really well coached. Yeah, as you could tell, I'm just questioning the talent level a little bit, a little bit, yeah, you know, through, throughout. Yeah, and, and, and I, I hear you. And we just, yeah, I mean, do you think that's fair? I mean, you know, I know they're really good. Fair. Okay, I'm not trying to be I, a jerk to I, Green Bay fan, but I'm talking like I'm holding them right. to a Super Bowl-level conversation here. Well, and also the question of how much better are they really than last year, even though they have won six in a row. And we still have a memory of what happened in week one, even if that memory is fading one week at a time. And, what what you know, they've done a great job of taking the – the egg that they laid week one, I was going to have a more graphic description of what rolled down their leg week <laughs> one, inspired by my four years with you. <laughs> but they've taken the criticism that they got for that. And it's fueled what they've done since yeah. then. Like they got like, how dare you point off how point out how bad we were right. week one. And, and they've they've rattled off one after another. I won't be surprised if they win tonight. I'm torn on this one and I may do what I did last week because it worked last week. I, I, yeah, I you pulled the okie doke. Right. I changed from the Broncos to the Browns. Right. And I was very happy yeah, you about were. my decision to make that change. By the way, I've done some math here while we've been talking, right. and I've scanned through my brain the number of flat screen monitors in the barn, in the basement, yeah. the first floor of the Please. house, and up here. Right. Because look, the, the four up here are NBC property, so it really doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, it doesn't count. But, but there, are, there are 20. There are Damn. 20. Not all of them are in use. Woo! There are 20. Woo, man. You are the man. Yes. Yeah, good job. Way uh, to go. But they're cheap. They're yeah, cheap. It's just, sure. you know, you got you got one in every bedroom and nobody ever uses it, but it's in there. It's right. just in there in the event that we have a guest and they'll yeah, they want to, you know, you can log in and watch your Netflix or whatever, but it's they're never turned on, but they're there. Yeah. They're there. They're there. All right. Uh and and we had back in my day, we had <laughs> three TVs in right. the house. Right. One was the console with the fake wood plastic on top of it that That's, had that tube in it, and oh, it was never yeah. very clear. I know what you're talking about. Sure, right. My my parents had a smaller one that was color, and I had this little crappy black and white thing that, uh, you know, it got the job done. But can you imagine the difference if 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 they'd have plucked anybody growing up in the '70s out of that day and dropped them today? And oh. see, you know, we thought there'd be flying cars yeah. and all of that stuff back right. in the '70s. I, I'll take the ultra high def. TV. I had no idea. I never thought it was getting getting any better than it was when we were watching NFL games back in the seventies. And you basically, you know, where you were squinting to try to figure out what the hell was going on. All right, um, we'll try to figure out what the hell's going on with the Washington Football Team investigation. Some developments from Wednesday, because even though they gave out the talking points to the owners, at least one of them broke ranks. Uh -oh. We'll tell you what happened on Wednesday in New York City when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle. And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. 
The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Mark Davis breaking ranks, the Raiders owner, saying yes, yes, probably, I think so. The Washington football team investigative report should be released. And I'll explain how significant that is in a moment. But Chris, I want to run by you what came to my mind instantly last night when I saw that clip. Mark Davis, sitting in that chair with his backpack on, looks like kid in the fourth grade who got in trouble at school had to stay after for detention, and is sitting outside the principal's office waiting for mom to pick him up. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, it does look like that a little bit. There's no doubt about it. He's got that hey, demeanor he does. of the kid like, who's uh, like, oh, I've been man, in the principal's I know I'm in trouble office, when man. I go home. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. I like the style, though. I like the style a lot. I mean, that's certainly not uh, the giddy-up that I think most of the owners are wearing there in New York City the last few days. I love the starter Raiders jacket. Got a little bit of a cool young vibe. Vibe, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah, I, I've only met Mark Davis once in my life, real quick, and uh, I enjoyed it. I thought he was a, a good, normal guy, and you know, he he made me laugh a few times. So uh, he he seems pretty cool to me. Yeah, Stan Kroenke's not walking around the hotel in New York City with a Ram starter jacket on. That's for darn sure. But. The fact that Mark Davis, even though it's predictable he'd be the one to do it because he's the one whose team got screwed by someone leaking a handful of 650,000 supposedly secret emails, I I don't think that that's what's motivating him. I think that the fact that he got screwed makes him less likely to toe the party line. The party line is this will all remain secret. This will all remain anonymous. This will all remain confidential because they don't want this all coming out and taking down an owner and creating a template for future owners to find themselves in similar problems. But when you're trying desperately to hold it together and you got one of the guys on their side of the barrier punching a hole through it, what that does is it tells you, me, everyone, Congress, anyone who's jostling and agitating for this stuff to come out keep going keep fighting keep pushing no 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 question you know no no doubt about it I mean you know you don't see the owners really break ranks a whole lot and and again this is this is uh this is the big leagues as far as this conversation is concerned and you know what it could mean to the shield and the NFL 
You know, if we if we do get to the point one day here where we are seeing emails, you know, not only from this, but want to dig into other emails from other organizations that that's where, you know, we could end up going down unprecedented, you know, territory here. But yeah, Mark Davis, I mean, of course, I, I, I would have expected him to say that first off. I mean, yeah, he, he at this point, he he probably feels like he's got nothing to lose as far as in this in this department. I mean, yeah, you've already screwed my team over. The guy I really like as a head coach, one of my like first, you know, huge statements of, you know, his ownership era there with the the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, we're going to preach like, you know, as the NFL, we're going to do what's right. We got to treat people right and do everything that way, and he's the guy that, you know, ultimately, you know, made John Gruden resign or, or leave his post because of the conversation he had, well, he's probably like, well, wait, so we have to do the right thing and be the right guy and the good guy and all that, but nobody else in football has to do anything here. And that, that to, to me, is probably where he's like, it's completely unfair. And, um, you know, good for him for, for sticking his neck out there yesterday and saying that. By the way, speaking of breaking ranks, I'm going to break ranks on our outline for today because they have another issue where the ownership is a little wobbly. Yeah. Again, this isn't in the outline, Chris, and I don't know if you've seen this. I mentioned Stan Kroenke earlier. Oh, I saw it, and yeah. In a nutshell, right. in a nutshell, the Rams relocation litigation. Uh-huh. You know, when, when Stan Kroenke got the permission to move, he agreed that if it hit the fan legally, he'd pay for everything. Right. It's an indemnity agreement. It's all on me. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything. All the legal fees, settlement, judgment, whatever happens financially, I'll take care of it. Well, yeah. on Tuesday, Whoa. and Seth Wickersham of ESPN.com had a fly-on-the-wall type story where they got somebody inside that room that yeah. is singing like a canary, and... Uh, it's not good right now because Cronky's trying to get out from under it because Cronky right. knows the storm is coming. Cronky knows it's going to be a gigantic, massive check that needs to be written. Great job by the control room pivoting to a graphic, even though we like billions. We're talking, talking about, about Mike. This. Well done. You know, like well, are we talking there, like a billion dollar check here. Like what? What would he be on the hook yes. for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well. It now look, they could fight the thing and win it. Right. But it's. Their best hope is to win it on appeal. And when you pin your hopes to getting lucky on appeal, getting the right panel of judges, hoping that you can make the right arguments, you never want to pin your hopes on that. You'd like to think you can win at trial. And if you can't win at trial, you need to be thinking about settling. But Wickersham's article talks about an exchange between Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, who is very pro Cronky and was in the room for the discussion. Cronky was asked to leave yeah, while they had this right. discussion. And John Merrill was livid. He's like, what, he's going to renege on this deal? We never would have allowed him to go to L.A. if we right. knew he was going to renege on the deal. Right. But Jones and Jeff Pash, the NFL general counsel, talked about settlement and and where that number is. And it is in the range of billion with a B. Whoa. And, uh, you know, and, and look, folks in St. Louis – if you still pay any attention to the NFL, and we don't blame you if you don't, you could end up getting a team out of this. Because, Chris, I was told a couple weeks ago that if they get hammered financially and if Kroenke reneges on the indemnity agreement, the owners have been bracing for this. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we were told if they're stuck holding the bag, because if it's just Kroenke, NFL doesn't care. If the NFL's stuck holding the financial bag, that's when they may start dangling the possibility. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Just Given St. Louis an expansion team and being done with it. Right. Uh, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Here, here's the part I'd like you to explain to me a little bit and, and let you explain to the audience a little too. 
Now he's he's backing out of you know what's the word you use the in, in, indemnity indemnity. Okay, that's a new one for me. That was the first time I saw that until yesterday. Um, so he's backing out of that, and he is. Let me just get this straight. He's he's trying to say that basically something with one of the stadiums in Carson, California, right, where they were talking about maybe the Raiders and Chargers sharing a, a stadium gave St. Louis the pathway as far as how to sue the Rams and all this, and that's what I, I guess I didn't quite understand. So maybe explain that to me in yeah. the audience a little bit. Yeah, and, and it's funny because your struggles with indemnity – remind me of back in my day my first year in law school the first time I saw that word right I was like what the hell is this yeah word? right I what thought it was a mistype mean? I thought it was a mistype and, I did. and and I and I have a flashback to it every time I see that word but it's very simple it's just it's a fancy way of saying insurance okay he's covering them gotcha. he's covering gotcha. the league as long as he honors the agreement his argument is one of his arguments is when the Chargers and Raiders had the competing proposal in Carson because the Carson proposal was the one that had the support of the committee that the NFL put together to assess these two projects, Carson and Inglewood. Well, it was a very competitive process until they actually did the presentations, and it was obvious that the Inglewood option was light years better than Carson. But Carson was throwing some stones at Inglewood saying, hey, you can't let the Rams move to Inglewood because you'd be violating your own relocation policy if you do it. Uh. And Cronky's saying that that gave the blueprint, that gave the treasure map gotcha. to the folks in St. Louis right. to make the argument that the NFL violated their own relocation policy. Now, I think that that underestimates the ability of the lawyers to find the relocation policy, to study it, and to come up with the weaknesses in it right. and the arguments that could be made that there is a breach of the relocation policy. But, but look... If if Cronky's looking to put the squeeze on them, because Cronky's not dumb, he didn't get that rich by being dumb. No, if he's going to put the squeeze on them, then it does set it up for the possibility of just putting an expansion team in St. Louis. I think there would be another expansion team somewhere else because you're not going to want to have an odd number of teams. Although from 1999 through 2001, there were. 31 teams when the Browns came back before the Texans joined the NFL there were an odd number of teams and every week of the season from week one through week 17 one team was off that's yeah. how the buys went that year right one team was off every week all year long um so I Cronkies Cronkies commenced the process of making the league aware he knows how big this liability is going to be yeah and he's going to be looking to get out from under it all right that that ends the detour from what we were planning to talk about but it's important and yeah. i should have checked the outline closer last night and made sure we jammed it in so i i kind of all did good. just we during the show instead of before the show yeah back to the washington football team investigation lisa banks one of the lawyers who represents more than 40 current or former washington football team employees a letter yesterday and uh, we'll, we'll defer to the full text of the letter, but she says, contrary to his disingenuous, that's a fancy word for lying, comments yesterday, there's no reason he can't release a report and at the same time protect anonymity for those who want it. It happens all the time. And she's right. It happens all the time. Yeah. But part of what he's paid for is to stand up at the press conference with a straight face and say something that may be disingenuous or worse and, and, and what is anyone going to do? I had somebody email me yesterday saying, man, these these reporters, they're, they're cowards. They don't stand up to Roger Goodell. It's like, you don't understand. What do you, you can't object to his answer. Right. You can't stand there and say you're a liar. Th that's 
that's what happens after the fact when people take his words and analyze them, interpret them, talk about them in settings like this. Yeah. But in the confine, you're never going to get credentialed for another event. No, never. If you stand up there and call the guy a liar right. while he's trying to talk. Right. No, 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 no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, these guys got their jobs to worry about, certainly. And they're not going to hijack the press conference and get in a yelling match with the NFL commissioner, you're right. and I'd love to see it. Right? It would be Me great too. if it happened, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, you're right. I mean, all they can do is continue to ask the questions and maybe phrase them a different way and, and, and continue to, you know, just beat down the subject to where maybe you start to see, you know, some some cracks in the answers, and then you can go from there. But, yeah, I mean, again, people are a little too critical of the media that way. I'm not saying the media is perfect. They certainly – we all got our flaws in this department. But, yeah – I mean, again, it's just not as easy as, as what people make it out to be at times. Now, that doesn't mean that Roger Goodell will completely escape an occasion during which he would be pressed aggressively based upon answers he may provide. And if and when he's ever testifying to the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform, and he says something like, well, we, we can't redact names from a report, one of the members of Congress could call BS on the spot right. and push him right. hard. And I say that because one of the two members of Congress who signed the letter just last Thursday to Roger Goodell from the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee, Illinois Democrat Raja Krishnamurthy, here he is from yesterday with his thoughts on what Roger Goodell had to say at the press conference he conducted this week. We have to investigate three things. One, the workplace and the allegations of uh, severe sexual harassment, uh, among other things, to the way in which the NFL actually investigated this. Um, you know, the fact that they told the lead investigator not to write anything down um, is highly suspicious. And then three, uh, the use of these non-disclosure agreements uh, to silence victims and perhaps to allow sexual predators to strike again um, is also deeply distressing. And so we have to look into all three of these things. Uh, obviously, I hope that they also understand that uh, we do have tools at our disposal to compel the production of documents as well as live testimony. Um, I hope we don't have to resort to that. I hope that we can uh, work out an agreement to receive the materials we requested. You know, he also said he was disturbed by Goodell's comments because on one hand, he says they intend to be cooperative with the committee, but Goodell's also saying we're not going to produce any other information. And how do you reconcile that? Because we want information. Yeah. We're going to be cooperative, but we refuse to produce anything else. Okay, what you're going to cooperatively tell us, you're not going to produce anything else. So th this is trouble for the NFL. And, you know, basically, they want to look into the crime, the cover-up, and the mechanism that the league uses to engineer future cover-ups with the non-disclosure agreement. So the right. NFL's got three problems here. And they looked into the issue of NDAs coming out of Jerry Richardson surrendering the Panthers in 2017 because he had multiple NDAs that people breached. And that got him to just basically throw the keys to the franchise, to the NFL, sell and walk away. But they have been resistant, the NFL has, to ditching the whole NDA thing because that's how you make problems go away. Right. If you've got a current or former employee who believes that his or her rights were violated in some way, you write the check, you sign the NDA, 
and you don't have to worry about that person potentially taking you down and putting you in a spot where you have to sell your team. So of those three things, the one thing that would strike the most fear in the hearts of the owners going forward is if the NDAs evaporate. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I could see that happening. I, I don't know. You know, the last few days has kind of changed my thought on the process of where this is going a little bit. I mean, it just, I don't know. I feel like in the last 24 hours or 36 hours, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't followed it quite closely enough where I just feel like the, the temperature's gone up a little bit where I thought maybe this might just slowly fade away and, and the NFL might just take a few, you know, punches on the chin and whatever and deal with it and just everybody would forget uh, I think I've gotten to the point here where I, I, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, especially after some of what we just saw today, you know, yesterday and, and the clips we played here. It seems like there's going to be enough of a charge here. Now I'm thinking like, whoa, the NFL might be in trouble here and this doesn't look like it's going away. And there's full head, full, full, full. What do I want to say? Full steam, full straightaway attack here uh, by the powers that be in Washington to to uh, you know, unearth some of these emails and, and documents. Harder said than done. Full steam Literally. ahead. That's what I was looking for. Full steam ahead. <laughs> I've already gotten emails pointing out the Simsism from earlier in the show when you said harder said than done. I did say so, that. I know I did. Damn. Simsism. Damn, Simsism. It's 7 a.m. on the East Coast, okay? I'm still waking up a little foggy in the brain. That's why I got to drink so much damn coffee. I got to wake myself up. Um, I, I, I am very encouraged that we are where we are. And and I, I want to say something to the folks out there. And I, I don't get many of these in this setting because most of the emails I've gotten from people are very supportive. Keep going. Keep pushing. I've gotten them from people who aren't part of the league and I've gotten them from some people behind the, the curtain who think something fishy's gone on. Yeah. But this whole, well, you, why are you doing this? You you, the NFL, you make money off the NFL. You hate the NFL. Why are you tagging the NFL? Look, the stewards of the sport work for the league office. That, that does not make them immune. Just because they work for the NFL does not make them immune to being held accountable for the things that they shouldn't do. I hold the shield to a very high standard. I have grown up and spent my adult life following the NFL, and I want the people who are running the league and who own the teams to do the right thing at all times. And when they don't, I'm going to let them know that they aren't, and I'm glad that this was kept alive long enough for Congress to get involved because the confluence of events we've seen over the past week where the letter was sent to Goodell and then it just lined up perfectly that he had the press conference as part of the meetings that they held this week. And I'm surprised he had a press conference at all, and I think truth be told— that, yeah. They regret doing it. I, that's what I said then, yesterday, right? I was like, I, I don't know why. Why have it? I don't get that. I, I'm still don't amazed have to that. do it. Yeah, right. Don't have to do it. Right. I, I suspect there are some owners who who think that he screwed it up and we shouldn't have done it. Even though, what can you expect the guy to do when you're taking a position that is not reasonable and your basis for taking the position is not credible yeah. this idea that we have to keep everything secret just because some of the people want their names left out of it it's apples and oranges but now you throw on top of it the comments from representative krishnamurthy this thing's not going away they got one week from today to respond we'll see what the response is and we'll be ready to pick it apart if it needs to be picked apart if it's anything other than we are giving you the information you want we're going to pick apart whatever whatever excuse they give and and to get back to the point from earlier 
even though it's not proper etiquette and protocol in a press conference for one of the reporters to to press and grill the commissioner when he says something that's not true. It just moves on to the next question. Right. It's not going to happen if he's called to testify to the U.S. House no. Oversight and Reform Committee. And the last time he had to do it, 2009, that was when they had their concussion epiphany. Their concussion epiphany was not voluntary. Yeah, no, the it concussion was not. epiphany was forced on them by Congress. Right. And uh, this epiphany that they may eventually have over the WFT investigation may be forced on them by Congress. When we return, some questions lingering around the league, including one regarding whether Matt Ryan is underrated. His coach thinks he is. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 